Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My third and final guest, man, I've been trying to get this guy on the last couple weeks because I see his stuff. He's been going in on the Jets pre and post game on SNY. He's a Jets fan, also a Mets fan. I might sneak in some Mets questions at the end. I was watching his fantasy football stuff with Matthew Berry. It's Connor Rogers on the fan. What's up, Connor? Keith, what's up, man? I appreciate you having me. How are we doing? Good. Thanks for making the time tonight, bro. You're the man. You kill it. Uh, let's let's go back. Let's start. You know, I, I love seeing that picture of you as a young guy with the Jets jersey. Uh, tell the folks, you know, how long you've been a Jets fan, when it all started for you rooting for the J-E-T-S. Man, I feel like basically when I was uh, at the, uh, you know, able to get out of a stroller, I was a Jets <laughs> fan because that means I was in the Meadowlands with my dad growing up. My dad and my uncle had season tickets since they were in Queens back at Shea. So this is kind of a long-rooted uh, lifetime of rooting for the Jets and my family. And, you know, it, it just never went away no matter how tough the season's got. And obviously I covered the NFL draft as well for NBC all year round. And the Jets were always heavily correlated with the draft as well, so it made it that much easier. But I'm lucky I get to work my dream job covering this team with pre- and post-game, and it's something that will just never go away for me personally. Yeah, you stay down until you come up. You're a Jets fan. You're not going to change, and you are blessed that your your passion and uh, your profession have a line where you get to talk Jets, you get to cover the Jets. I want to play something from uh, you know the Jets pre- and post-game that really caught my attention last week. Uh, for our audience and for you to hear. It's it's from you. Let's let's run that, Connor. Going to half, and you hear it on the broadcast. Well, this is probably the time of the game where you got to get the backup loose and see if you can get a spark. They don't have that on this roster. Josh Dobbs just went for a sixth-round pick. Apparently, Jacoby Brissett was out there for a day-three pick. The Jets punted on the offseason on getting a backup quarterback. After the summer, they punted on that again. After Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they punted on it again. They get to the trade deadline where there are names gift-wrapped for you. They punted on it again, again. I don't understand what the Jets see with this offense that the rest of the world doesn't. And I love Robert Sala. I give him a lot of credit. But the press conferences of saying we're getting close and when it happens, it's going to be beautiful. We're not dummies anymore. We're not dummies anymore. What else did you need to see that the rest of the world watched tonight? Man, I love that. The passion. Like This is the fan. This is the fan in New York. Fans listening. I'm a fan. You're a fan. And that passion came out. And obviously that was your reaction last week. After the Chargers game, can you just tell us, you know, what you were feeling in that moment, what you were thinking, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Jets and obviously this quarterback situation that we've been talking about for years now. 
Yeah, I think for me, Keith, in that moment, it comes down to the fact that there's so many things you're letting down, right, as an organization. You're letting down the people that spent all that money on those tickets, and they're seeing the same exact insanity with this offense week after week. I think you're letting down a lot of young players that so much of this matters for their long-term career, like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. When you look at the defense that goes out there and plays a million snaps every single week and tries to limit the opposition, Honestly, most of the time they do a great job. When you look at the only two games the Jets weren't in this year, it was at Dallas and it was against the Chargers, two potent passing attacks. That The crazy thing about it is, really, Justin Herbert didn't even have to do anything to beat this team. So, I, listen, I'm a big Robert Sala fan, but I think it's been a rough go of it for him over the last couple of weeks, and I think Joe Douglas falls into that bucket too because you could sit here and say, listen, it's not all Zach Wilson, and I, and I get the people that do that. This offensive line's been bad and injured. The play calling under Nathaniel Hackett has been really, really poor, and I don't think that's too surprising. You can't predict that Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt four plays into the season. But at the end of the day, to come out on the podium and say, hey, we just need more time, hey, it's going to get better, well, that's insanity because you're not changing anything. And it took them really all the way until this week, it seems like, Keith, to start making personnel changes. They cut Michael Carter. They're going to give Izzy Abanaconda a real shot, the explosive rookie running back out of pit. Uh, they finally, you know, a couple weeks ago put Randall Cobb inactive, but overall the offense hasn't changed that much. They still play Uzama, who's been a penalty machine. They play him more snaps than Jeremy Ruckert, who's probably their best in-line tight end. Tyler Conklin's a good pass catcher, but he's not going to live on the line of scrimmage play after play. So I just think when you look at the Jets, it's just simple as you're letting so many people down and not trying any new solutions. And yeah, you didn't go out and get a real backup quarterback, and that's something that I thought was easily attainable. I think, yes, you could look at it and blame other things like we did, but you're not going to go get a new offensive coordinator. That's Aaron Rodgers' guy. You can't go replace an offensive line because every single team in this league has offensive line injuries, and there's no depth in this league. But you could have gotten a backup to give you a spark in that specific game, and they just opted not to, and they didn't change their personnel over the last couple weeks. And that's how we got here today, where their season is slowly slipping away from their fingertips. And that, to me, is really, really disappointing when you look at how long it took them to build up this really good roster that will now underachieve because of an offense that can't score points. Amen. Preach. It sounds a lot better coming from you, Connor. It sounds a lot better when you say it versus me because I'm no Jets fan. But, yeah, the truth hurts, man. And I feel like they've been ducking the truth for so long. And they they have these... Uh, post-game press conferences and this media availability, and they keep saying the same things, and it doesn't matter if it's Rich Samini or Brian Costello or Connor Hughes, these guys asking them the questions, and they just keep ducking the truth. But I feel like we we got somewhere maybe this week, right? Because it's deja vu from last year, and now they're having the players-only meeting, and now you're seeing cuts, like you mentioned, and, and different moves. Like I, I think they're trying to do something before it's too little too late, they obviously refused to make the change at quarterback. And today, and even last night, I started to take a deeper look at all of this, and I started to take shots at Aaron Rodgers. People didn't like that, but I'm like, hey, we've seen this before in New York. You're Mets. You bring in Scherzer. You bring in Verlander. Yeah. These older guys that come here for like you know later in their careers, and they're not as effective. We saw it with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, not older guys, but you you sell your soul to the superstars and KD, Kyrie. They don't deliver. It, it doesn't make for the best results. And you got to have a backup plan. And their backup plan 
with Zach Wilson, and it seems like they're they're unwavering on that. They won't go to Timmy Boyle. They signed Trevor Simeon. They won't go him. So when is that going to break? Is is this the the last week if they lose three in a row going up against the Bills, who I've been pointing to the Bills a lot. The Bills just fired Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey's had a lot more success this year than Nathaniel Hackett, but you can't fire Nathaniel Hackett because he's attached to Aaron Rodgers, and you're attached to this hope that Aaron Rodgers is coming back next month or next year to lead you to the promised land. Like, do you think that if 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 Zach Wilson stinks it up in Buffalo, they make a change? I, to me, I think Timmy Boyle is just like a, a a figure over there. He might as well be a mannequin in a in a in a Jets jersey. It's 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 Zach Wilson all the way. There is no other option. Right. That's the biggest issue to me is that you're rostering a third quarterback and now he's your backup quarterback that they have zero desire to play, right? I mean, that's the reality of it. I, here's the thing, and people get, not everyone, but some people get really upset when you, when you talk about the Zach Wilson aspect because they point to other problems on the offense. And yes, they exist as we've gone over, but a lot of those aren't changeable while the quarterback position typically is. But the Jets did not bring anybody in to even be that spark guy for a second half where Listen, last week it wasn't, you know, obviously Sunday night against the Raiders, you could point at that and say it's not all Zach's fault. He threw the interception at the end, but overall it wasn't, you know. He played, he played better. Fault. He played better. And now we're accepting and better, Connor. Game, like, yes, right, exactly. The Chargers game, you can't even have him go out there in the second half. The same could be said for the Patriots game. I wouldn't have him go out there in the second half, but they have nowhere to turn, Keith. They have nowhere to turn because they don't want to play Tim Boyle. They didn't bring anyone else in. Those are the games. I always think back to a couple years ago where the Dolphins, they would have a really tough first half, and they would actually bench Tua at some point and play Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he won them a couple games in that second half. <laughs> it's and they never football. We've seen it's this. Football. Not football. to cut you off. That's... It's strategy. We no, just saw okay. Bill Belichick and the Patriots say, Mac Jones, get out again. Bailey Zappi, go try two and win us the left. game. Yeah, so with two minutes left. So – when it comes down to it, sometimes you just need a spark. It doesn't mean you're writing a guy off, but they operate with so much fear of ruining Zach's confidence that they've actually done that by accident already. They coach so afraid. They are so afraid to throw on first down. They literally don't even let the kid play until it's, hey, you don't got a lot of time left. Can you go win us the game? Can you get us down the field? And then when he throws that one interception to Spillane on the Raiders, it's like, well, now we don't have any other chances because that was the only time we t- finally took the training wheels off. So you don't trust your quarterback. You're coaching scared. Robert Sala saying things like the first one to 20 wins in this NFL era? Yeah, what? 23? That's not something I want to hear from my head coach. That's not how I want to be playing. If I'm on defense, I don't want to hear my head coach saying that. You're telling me that in this era of football, i got to hold the opposition to well under 20 points, and they do. Quite often, yeah. And your, your defense got to score fourteen. <laughs> That's insane, it, right? It's, I said this a couple weeks ago on post game. The Jets go into games where they go like this: they go, "We're going to play great defense, elite defense. We are going to be perfect on special teams. We are not going to miss a kick, and all of our punts are going to pin them inside the twenty. And then Brees Hall. This is step number three, the final step. Brees Hall has to do something out of this world, right. and we will win the game. That is such a glass house to play in. And it's crazy to me that they beat the Eagles and the Broncos that way. They miraculously beat the yeah. Giants that way. Legatron. Not a Greg Zerline, make all your win. kicks from 40 plus. That's, that's also part right. of the strategy. Right. Perfect special teams. It's, 
it's not a sustainable way to win in the NFL level. And it's, I, I say it with so much frustration because I care, but it's really, really disappointing to see. Yeah, and I think they care too. And I think that these guys are pissed off. And I think that the locker room, you know, like last year when we saw them all turn to Mike White uh, and turn on Zach and, you know, these guys are over it. If, if you have a, a defense this elite, and I've said this on the fan a bunch, if you have a defense this elite, they know what the problem is on offense. They practice against them. They, they look these guys dead in the face. They're, they're with them. It's the other side of the coin. And, man, you're letting down C.J. Mosley. You're letting down Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams. Like, enough is enough. You can't smoke back-to-back seasons because you don't want to hurt your number two overall pick's feelings because you want to coddle this one quarterback like we've never seen a quarterback coddled in the NFL. Trey Lance was taken right after him. The 49ers move hell in high water to get the kid. It doesn't work out. They have Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. They say, bye, we'll trade you for a fourth-round pick to Jerry Jones and move on. So you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Just it's a perfect thing to contrast to. And you brought up Mac Jones earlier. I mean, when things go wrong for Mac or Mac pisses them off, they look to other avenues. And the Jets just, it's just crazy. They that, keep plugging how long, along with Zach Wilson yeah. and telling us he's the, the best option to win. And I mean, Robert Sala just said he played, he's, he's actually playing really good. A couple weeks ago when it was Taylor Swift night on Sunday Night Football, he got on the podium after a loss after Zach fumbled the ball and gave the game away and said, if the quarterback plays like that, we're going to win a lot of games. And they held on to that game to a fault, right? I mean, I thought that was definitely one of Zach's best games of his career, and they held on to that game to a fault where you look at it and go, well, what if he plays like he did against the Chiefs? And that game feels like a lifetime ago at this point where this team is now under 500. The beauty for them is they do control their own destiny because they've already beaten the Bills and they play the Bills this week. They still have both games against <laughs> so the Dolphins. So you're saying there's still a chance. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Ridiculous, but if they just keep doing this insane, you know, similarity on every aspect of their offense all over again, it won't matter. They won't score any points, and they won't be able to beat those teams uh, despite having such a good defense. All right, last couple things, man. Football is a a game. I mean, I I wouldn't be on the fan if I didn't play football. I was able to go to college playing football, and it's 11 on 11, and you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if Zach is the weakest link, I've been saying this all week, man. You know, the quarterback can can lift you up. The quarterback can bring you down. The difference between an Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers in the huddle is telling everybody, hey, we got to be clean here. Hey, no penalties right here. Hey, lock in. Hey, Lazard, line up on on, on the outside of the numbers. Hey, make sure you get set. Like little things like that you need in a a Legion stadium with 80,000 screaming fans. Uh, and Zach can't do that. Zach, like it, it just is what it is. So now Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be coming back uh, in December. And for me, I'm just like, enough already. It's a Jedi mind trick. You might not be coming back to anything. But, like, I don't know. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back, defying modern medicine, and uh, returning to be the quarterback of the Jets this year? I think, I think it's reckless. I think it could put him in harm's way for next year. And like I said, I, I think you could be coming back. And, and for what? The, the playoffs could be done after this week. Right, that's the issue. It's a balancing act where if the Jets, you know, lose, let's say their next two, Buffalo and Miami, these two big division games, there might not be anything to come back for. And while you're absolutely risking 2024, which is a season the Jets are going to be once again all in on because Rodgers is coming back to play. Pick up the phone and call the Raiders for Devontae Adams again, like they tried to at the trade <laughs> deadline. Sure. They're going to, 
they're going to do everything they can for this potential final Rodgers season. The final Rodgers season, or at least the 2024 season with Rodgers under center, might not happen if he re-injures himself and for what. Now, once again, if the Jets pull off a surprise here and their season does matter and he wants to come back on Christmas Eve against the Commanders or whatever it may be, and the doctors, the team doctors that are paid a lot more money to make this decision than me, uh, and they clear him, that's up to Aaron Rodgers, and this season matters, then go for it. But we feel so far away from that, and that's why letting these games get away, right, letting the Patriots game getting away, letting the Raiders game get away, that's what makes it even more frustrating is that maybe Rodgers was going to pull off something that we haven't seen before, and maybe it would have been worth trying if the Jets were in it, but it's hard to sit here with confidence and say, when he's ready to come back, let's even be on the more realistic side and call it after the new year, the chances are going down that that will matter at that point of the season. Yeah. Parallel here, last question for you, because I know you do uh, a Mets podcast and cover the Mets as well. You know, there's a lot of Mets Jets fans, and I feel like this was like a dream for Jets fans. This season was almost too good to be true, and it was Aaron Rodgers, Super Bowl, all that, but something I do feel like for the Mets and the Mets fans is like this could potentially be the end of the ineptitude. This could be the end of the LOL Mets. This could be the end of the embarrassment in Queens with now the owner you have in place, the richest owner in baseball, David Stearns, who's regarded as one of the best minds in baseball as the president of operations, and you just found your manager in Carlos Mendoza, who's got a lot of respect as a baseball lifer, has, you know, obviously the, um, uh, Latin American respect of players and connection there. Are you excited about the direction that the Mets are going in? And do you feel more positive about their future moving forward with what you've seen? Yeah, from a macro standpoint, just big picture, absolutely. It's hard not to be. And I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, hey, you got to be all in every year. You go sign the top three agents that are older and go for the World Series every single year. I think what they did at the deadline was a tough decision, but the right decision. The farm system really needed to be replenished. Getting Stearns, Keith, is the biggest point. Like You made that point. That, that's the difference maker to me because now you're not operating hoping for a flash in the pan every year. You're actually trying to build a sustainable winner or a sustainable competitor. And I think in this era of baseball with the playoffs expanded, as we just saw with teams like the Diamondbacks, you just got to get in and try to get hot. And if you could do that every year or increase your chances of doing that every year, you always have a shot. So, I obviously like the direction they're going in because Cohen spends the money, and he's not just going around spending the money trying to get every $400 million free agent. I think he's doing a lot of things behind the scenes with the pitching lab, with the front office hires, understanding investment in the farm system that can actually help the Mets long term. And it felt like they overlooked a lot of those things for a very, very long time during the Wilpon era, and that was the most important hurdle to go get over. I think this will be a more... Uh, tempered or laid-back offseason under Cohen than what we're accustomed to. I mean, there are going to be big players in the Yamamoto market then after that, but Yamamoto's the guy that you sign and you think he could be, you know, a piece for you for seven years. I don't think they're going to go into the market and look for these, you know, aging players that they hope can give them one good season anymore, and that's probably best for the Mets right now. Awesome. Connor, you're the man. I thank you so much. Appreciate you joining me tonight. Keith, thanks for having me, dude. Continued success. Thank you. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.